I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. Welcome to the first episode of The Doctor's Companions, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast. I'm Tish. I'm Juliana. And I'm Linda. And we're going to talk about Doctor Who. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, so we start by introducing ourselves and like what we know about Doctor Who and how we came to watch it and stuff. Um, I'll start since I'm already talking. <laughs> um, so I started watching between... I guess it was 2010, it was uh, between seasons 5 and 6, and I knew a little bit about Doctor Who because I watch a lot of British TV and it was just mentioned, um, and I saw David Tennant and Catherine Tate in an episode of Nevermind the Buzzcocks, and the TARDIS was there and things were coming out of it, and I was very confused, but <laughs> for some reason I decided to try the show out, and um, I was very confused when I saw Christopher Eccleston as the first Doctor, because I thought it was going to be David Tennant. Um but I grew to love them all. Um, so yeah, I just like been watched the first five seasons, and that was my start. Uh, and I've watched it many times since then. Um, when did you guys start watching? I started watching Doctor Who. They were in their fourth season with uh, David Tennant and Catherine Tate as the companion. They were partway through that season. Um, I'd heard a lot about it through Friends. Uh, it was very big in my group of friends at university and I started watching it when I was sick and home and I think I saw the first three and a half seasons in about <laughs> five days so <laughs> I have seen it several times over in its entirety since then and uh, I love it every time and I'm Linda I'm just learning the episodes or I just got into Doctor Who, I should say. Tish mentioned that she wanted to do this podcast, and she needed, like, another angle to it. So it's, like, my first impressions of what's going to be happening. I guess yeah. that's it. <laughs> so you're watching, a, you've watched a little bit of yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And you are going to, like, keep watching it, so we don't, when we get further on, we don't spoil everything for Linda <laughs> as we talk. <laughs> I feel like you guys know it so much better. You already like mentioning like actors' names. <laughs> We're just so used to like talking about it like that because if you are part yeah. of that community like yeah. online at all, people are just like interchange the doctor for their actors' names and stuff that like way that, and you're not confused. Yeah, maybe you should watch it five times and then be <laughs> <laughs> okay. we'll on level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's how we started watching it. Um, um, Linda, to start as so she probably doesn't have favorites yet, or do you? You said you didn't really like 10. Yeah. You well, because, like, the, my first impression, I'm, like, attached to the first mm-hmm. one, and yeah. then he disappears, and it's, like, nerdy one. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that happens, like, every time. Every, there's a I, transition with the doctors, yeah. like, no, I like the old guy, I hate this new guy, but then he'll, you'll go to love him. Mm-hmm. It ha- it's the heartbreak of being a Doctor Who fan. It happens with every regeneration. Yeah. Even there's... Well, I didn't even know they were going to regenerate at first. So I was like, oh my god, what's happening? We did not prepare you for this at all. <laughs> well, I thought he would just come back as like himself, like the same actor or whatever, but... No. <laughs> no. Uh, that's the fun of Doctor Who. It goes on like forever and he's always... Someone he's the Doctor, yeah. but he's different. Yeah. Um... So, Juliana, do you have any favorite Doctor companions? I do have favorites. My favorite Doctor is um, Ten, uh, and I love David Tennant. 
and he is my doctor. <laughs> um, my favorite companion is Rose, closely followed probably by Donna. But um, my favorite baddie is Leaping Angels because they're fucking scary <laughs> as shit. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Those are my favorites. Your favorites, Tish? Um, I have, if I had to pick one doctor, because I love them all, <laughs> i pick Eleven, because I think he's just so much fun, and he's the one I would, like, want to hang out with the most. He's, like, goofy and fun. Um, my favorite companion, I'm torn between, I love Ten and Donna, the Doctor Donna. <laughs> they are super great together, because there's, like, BFFs on an adventure. It's super cool. And Catherine Jade is hilarious, and them together is awesome. But I also really love Eleven and River, because they flirt and all this stuff's going on, and I just love them together. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk too much about River, because Linda doesn't know yeah, about her yet. We're not going to give away too much. <laughs> um, any favorite episodes? Do you have any favorites that stand out to you so far in the first season? Um, there are any <laughs> anything that happens that you particularly enjoyed. I like that episode where they were like back in like I think England or something and then the like blimp comes and it's like wartime. What episode was that? Oh when the Jack Harkness showed up? Yeah. yeah. The war- I'm like oh he's good part. looking. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I love Jack. Yeah I he's he's he comes back again. Not to love. He yeah, comes back and he also he got his own spin off show Twitchwood. Yeah. He's also a time lord or no. no, he's no. just a traveler. He's a time yeah. traveler, yeah. Because right. he says, I don't know how much they say in that episode, but he's from like the 51st century or something, and he's traveling, yeah. time traveling around. Yeah. And then something happens at the end of season two with him, and then yeah. he gets his own spinoff show. Yeah, mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love Jack. I love Jack, too. He's he's a fun <laughs> character. He's hard not to kind of get on board with. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good one, especially mm-hmm. from the first season as a favorite, I think. Yeah. Um... I guess my, one of my, first one that stands out as an episode is Blink. I think everybody. Yes. Oh, of course. The Weeping Angels. You'll see Linda. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I feel like 30. we're excluding you already. But <laughs> we're kind of starting by talking about everything. Um, but yeah, Blink, the other one is Midnight, the one where he's in uh, the train car with those people and someone's like stealing their voice. That was a really good, it's like a small episode for Doctor Who. It's just in one little place, but the, yeah villain baddie is so terrifying because you can't even see it. It's just like taking people over. <laughs> I would say Listen, which is to bring it to like really new Doctor yeah. Who because it's Capaldi and I thought it was in my opinion it was the strongest episode of, of his season and it was scary and <laughs> I had to pause it because <laughs> I got so scared. It's the first time I've ever had to like stop an episode because I was going to like shit my <laughs> There's, like, a thing under a blanket, and then the blanket starts falling off. I'm like, oh, God, what's under there? <laughs> you have to pull your blanket up that's, higher to watch. Yeah, yeah. But that's what um, Moffat is really good at. He's good at taking, like, ordinary things and turning them into, like, baddies to yeah. really yeah. scare the kids. They call it a kid's show. I don't think it's a kid's show. I know, I'd agree. It's, real, it's too smart for kids. It confuses me sometimes. How is this a children's show? Um, all right, so there's a little introduction about how we feel about Doctor Who stuff. So, let's just get into it. This first podcast, we're only talking about one episode, because we figured we'd have a lot to talk about (laughs) for the pilot. Um, So, season one, episode one, Rose, 
uh, originally aired March 26, 2005, written by Russell T. Davies, which most of season one is, because he's the show creator, runner. He's the one we all should thank for bringing it back. Thank you, Russell T. Davies. <laughs> um, here's a little summary from IMDb. Rose Tyler just, is just an ordinary shop worker living in an ordinary life in the 21st century Britain. But that life is turned upside down when a strange man calling himself the Doctor drags her into an alien invasion attempt! Exclamation <laughs> mark! <laughs> Very exciting. That's like an understatement about the Doctor. A strange man calling him the Doctor. <laughs> yes. Like, you don't want to give anything away in yeah. IMDb summary, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Rose is ordinary, the doctor's a strange man, a strange man. <laughs> and there's an alien. This is pretty accurate. Um, so, Linda, we'll start with you. First impressions of, I guess we start with Rose, getting to know Rose. So what did you think of, or how, what did you think of Rose and then how the doctor is introduced? Well, first of all, I don't think Rose looked 18 at all. <laughs> like, oh my god. Anyway. I don't know, it's just like... Her and her boyfriend at the very start, and then... No, no, she lives at her mom's house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she yeah. lives with her mom. Her mom is already, like, needy and annoying. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't like her. <laughs> but, I don't know. What? I thought it was... Okay, like, Rose's boyfriend, I can already tell, like, from the very first episode, I'm like, I don't like you either. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't she, like, eating something, and he tried to, like take a bite out of it right yeah, away. Yeah, they were like, like they are trying yeah. to show they were being flirty, flirty and playful. Flirty and cute. Don't eat my food. food. <laughs> <laughs> so sad I'm trying to eat my food. But, I don't know, I guess like the IMD description was pretty accurate from like my point of view. I'm like, average girl in London with her like retail job. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I felt like the doctor also like, you first see the mannequin moving and then a doctor, like, comes from, like, the hallway, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'll save you, and he, like, explains <laughs> the alien thing right, like, right away to her. I'm like, is that a little bit, like, too much information for her right away? Like, if, <laughs> if she wasn't, like, a main character, like, would he go into, like, that much detail with, like, everyone he encountered? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think know. he does that, though. With? Just, like, tells you what's going on. He kind of, I think he takes advantage takes for granted that these are just tiny little humans and they don't know about yeah. all this stuff and sometimes yeah. they'll just ramble on about like duh aliens this stuff and like it's, his companions are sometimes like uh you haven't explained this to me yet <laughs> it's such basic information for him that yeah. he forgets sometimes that it's mind-blowing mm-hmm. to us also i think he gets like, like a power trip off of it being like the super smart one who can just like throw out all this information and watch the tiny Definitely. little human just be like Ugh. yeah Yeah. Part of Rose is how well she takes information. That's part of her character. Yeah, she's usually just like, okay, and continues on. I accept this. Let's get to it. And then she like pokes fun at him, like challenges him. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's a good sign. That part of her. Yeah, that she's establishing herself as like an equal. Yeah, that's important in companions. He's always looking for someone who like can keep up with him. Yeah. He doesn't want to babysit somebody. Mm-hmm. Which is why he doesn't like Mickey. Because Mickey doesn't seem to be up for the task. He's like, no, he can't go. Well, like, the thing about Mickey, like, he, like, said his name wrong, like, three times. I think he did that on purpose, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Just, a, like, that's make sure to say, little... like, I don't like you. I'm not yeah. going to learn your name. That's a big... That's, like, yeah. again, like, power... Like, he's demeaning Mickey by calling... This is a few episodes in, but, yeah, he demeans... 
him. I thought he did that on day. purpose to be like, Rose, I like you better. Like, you should, I think so, too. Um, I think he was that jealous, and he didn't want Rose to like Mickey because yeah. he wanted Rose to stay with him. Yeah. there's that. I mean, he wants to be the most important person in Rose's life. Also, he just wants his friend. I think he, he doesn't want his companion to leave him for well, yeah. a mom and a boyfriend. Like, how boring. He's like, yeah, whatever, Ricky. <laughs> Um, alright, so, the doctor shows up, and I think Juliana and I agree that that's the perfect introduction to him, is that you just see him grab her hand and say run, and then they run away. Like, yes, that's, yes. that's the doctor in, that, like, one opening is. line. Well, and he's already <laughs> in the middle of something, so mm-hmm. pulls you into the story, because you're like, why are we running already? Like, She's just discovering this, but he's already been, like, searching for them, and yeah. I think that just sums him up so perfectly, like, he'll take you by the hand and run with you, and then, like, that's your life with the doctor. Yep. Lots of running. <laughs> a lot of running. <laughs> From danger. You better be in good cardio shape if you're going to be a yeah. <laughs> Um And, yeah, he explains everything to her, and then he's, like, he even, like, introduces himself, but then he's, like, forget about me, go home, eat your beans on toast. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I think, contradictory to how Such he is. Such a tease. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, how he is in the rest of the series, because he's usually... Like, always on the hunt for a companion. And we even see that, like, in the next episode with Jabe. He's, like, trying to pick her mm-hmm. up. He's getting to know her. But um, I think because he's, as we learn, he's just uh, fresh off the time war. And he lost his, all his people. So I think he's kind of not looking for a companion in this one instance. He actually doesn't want to get close to mm-hmm. anyone. So he's like, nice to meet you. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, like, pretty much the rest of the rest his of- life that we know of, yeah. he's... Constantly, like, picking people up and trying to get more companions. Well, like, part of his thing is how lonely he is and his need for, you know, somebody to join him and Mm -hmm. to have a person, but... He really, like, tests her, though. Yes. I think by the end, he's, like, waiting for her to come up with something to save him. But, like, once he finds... Like, I haven't seen him get, like, a new companion yet, but, like, once once he found Rose, Mm -hmm. I'm like, she should stay with him forever. She wants to. She wants to. But he turns her away? He's like, no. does she die? No. no. <laughs> Something happens. It's so much more complicated. Okay, don't Something worry. Something happens. Don't. I don't it's wanna, terrible. We don't want to. Yeah, it is. And I'm. I'm. Yeah. It's terrible. Emotional, but. <laughs> it's like I got another we friend to start wanna... watching it. And I was like, yay, another friend watching Doctor Who. And she got to that part. And she's texting me, like, what's happening? I was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I put you through this emotional trauma. <laughs> But yeah, the end, and the end of season, season two. two. So mm. we're so close. Because <laughs> I know you're partway through season two, so oh, yeah. a few more episodes. <laughs> Enjoy that. <laughs> well, now I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Race myself. Yeah. I'll be like the Doctor Who. I won't get touched. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah. It's an emotional episode. Um, okay. Way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, too. So Rose meets the doctor, and then she starts, like, learning about him on the internet from this guy. I um, thought that was good. Like, that's what I would do. I'd be like, what do you mean, the doctor? Yeah. I mean, I always Google everything, right? <laughs> so but they just were getting internet at that point in time, right? 2005? When we, we were, were in grade 11. Uh, uh, well, yeah, well, you were in grade The computers were, like, this I know. big. <laughs> <laughs> big like, monitors. They must have had dial-up back then. Maybe. Yeah. It probably took, like, weeks in real time <laughs> to find out two pieces of information. I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
So Julia and I have some points about uh, that guy Clive and the what he found out about the doctor. Oh what yes, did, we both. What yeah. did you think about like how he knows how he traveled? Like he saw him through time. Like what did you think about the doctor then? Um, that he was at like JFK's assassination and all these important. Well, things. like when he was first doing that, <laughs> he was like he made it seem like the doctor was like a bad person. Like he was like yeah. he painted him like he was always in situations where something bad happened like you mentioned like the jfk shooting and mm-hmm. then like the beaches was the other something, something on a beach yeah something, something on a desert island or something yeah, yeah. so like titanic yeah mm-hmm. and it was always like the pictures that he found of the doctor it'd be like normal pictures but then the doctor's face would be like facing the right camera. <laughs> and it was like slightly better quality i'm like this is so funny yeah. <laughs> um but yeah the nerdy guy was just like oh Maybe the doctor's not that good a person. Um, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people say that it comes a big, like, kind of plot point in the doctor's life in the series that he's, um, they call him, like, destroyer of worlds and, like, all these horrible things because yeah. he's always around when, like, bad when shit's happening. Yeah. Shit but he's there to help and he just makes things, like, less bad, hopefully. But he is there always in bad situations. So I can see why someone and a lot of, like, his enemies and stuff look across his timeline and say, you were always there when, like, shit's going down. Yeah. So you must be what's the common a fact really here? terrible person. Yeah. Well, I knew the doctor was Alien good. Thing. Like, that guy was, like, he just didn't know the full story when they were, mm-hmm. like, at the plastic um, tub of the nestine. Yeah. And then Rose is like, just throw the potion in. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, we're not here to kill it. We're yeah. here to give it a chance. Yeah. See yeah. what's up. Um, back Tish and I felt, uh, had the same problem with uh, Clive going through his timeline, yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. We what was say. the issues? Well, <laughs> in the episode, they imply that he has just regenerated into his current form. We see him see himself for the first time in this form, but in Clive... The mirror. In the mirror, yeah. he's like, oh, and he's been like, worse. my, yeah. <laughs> and Clive is like, look at all these things he was in, but it's the same. It's Christopher Cleston's face, like it's the, yeah. it's the ninth Doctor. And so I'm like, when, when did he do that? If he just regenerated, and we see him, we see basically his whole face. Like he has that face. Like we meet him, he's just got this face apparently, mm-hmm. and he's always with Rose. There was no gaps where he was off on his own, and then he regenerates. So we're like, when did all this stuff happen that they have pictures of? <laughs> when did you go to JFK? He was never apart from Rose, and it's never implied that they both went to those places. So maybe he quickly went back to those <laughs> time periods because when his TARDIS I think it would have been like more realistic if they had been his previous faces, and this guy was saying, "Oh, these many like men throughout time, generations, or something, maybe family or that some were sort of weird that were always society. called the Doctor, yeah, that used this title." It also. Sorry. Because Clive didn't think it was the same guy. He thought it was, like, generation, like, yeah. family thing. So it could have been different faces. It also would have been a way to pull in, like, old Who fans. Mm-hmm. With, with to make us understand this regeneration thing, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good plot device, I guess, but they couldn't really follow through with it because he was just always with Rose, and then he had to regenerate. Uh, so that was our issue with that. We also had a little issues with the plastic. Do you want to talk about the plastic? The living plastic, nesting, whatever they're called. Well, first of all, it was just, like, really cheesy. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, at some points it was scary, but then at other points I'm like, this is just, like, so ridiculously bad. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. 
what else about the plastic I didn't like? Oh, like, when they were back into Rose's apartment after she first got attacked and the doctor was with her, and then the arm was, like, attacking the doctor. I'm like, holy shit, this is so bad. (laughs) Yeah, where is it getting, like, the force to push on him if it's just in mid-air? I know, and it was just, like, so dramatic. I'm like, plastic arm, so dramatic. Yeah. (laughs) It's a pretty cheesy... Overacting, I don't know what it was. Yeah. It's not my favorite villain. No. But an argument they used it i would say because it's something in the human world that they kind of infused with alien Mm -hmm. to bring us and rose into this world they needed something that kind of crossed that threshold or like was in both i appreciate it as a plot device i just it's not cool (laughs) no it's not cool well when they used the evil garbage can to get um, (laughs) a boyfriend (laughs) i'm like "Mm, that's (laughs) Well, yeah. and it's the only thing, pretty much, other than the mannequins that's plastic that they decide is, like, living <laughs> plastic. Yeah. So, because, like, what, why, why just the mannequins? Like, why not? We have so much plastic in our world. Mm-hmm. My issue is what constitutes plastic? Like, yeah. what specific? Plastic is a broad term for things. Like, everything's fucking plastic. So yeah. why mannequins? Which... In actuality, and a garbage can. <laughs> like mannequins. <laughs> mannequins in this one garbage can in mannequins town. Mannequins would be plastic, but they would also have some sort of metal support in them. So, like, do they get to control that metal too? And, like, yeah. surrounded by the plastic. <laughs> it's like the bones. And then they get real, like, metal guns in their hands. It's like, well, where Mannequins yeah. don't already have that in their hands. Maybe that was stored at the mall. But, like, wouldn't, how would they control the metal gun? Like, it's not even, like, it was like a, a plastic a, bullet I couldn't even wrap my head around, but it's, like, metal. It was just, like, a lasery gun. Was, yeah. There are a lot of flaws. I'm just going <laughs> to say that. I'm not even going to try to, like, go into it make sense at no. all. It's a flawed science, quote-unquote, science part of it, that plastic and guns. It's a fiction part. And, um, how did they... They took Mickey and used yeah. him as, like, a copy and created a plastic copy of him. Yeah. So why didn't they, like, do that with more people? Like, Well, yeah, just, like, you could do that, instant. and that would be better than using mannequins themselves. Especially because Mickey seems to be able, he transforms his hands yeah. into giant paddles <laughs> <laughs> whatever. And he could so, talk like, and say, and mannequins couldn't talk. Yeah, I feel like that would be a far more effective use of their... Maybe that was just the first. They were planning on stealing everyone and turning them plastic. But, like, he looked like plastic. Yeah, Yeah. that was okay. Really gross. Didn't, yeah. Really bad. And he was like, pop, pop, pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Smoking weed before (laughs) And how did they transport him? Yeah, they took him in the the garbage garbage can. can, And and then he ended up... (laughs) Unbelievable. I just imagine the garbage can rolling down the street through London. To the underground place where they were keeping him. Well, and no one was like, saying, oh, there's a garbage can on the by. Tish was saying, like, two mannequins are, like, mannequin. pushing the garbage can <laughs> down. A mannequin to be, oh, my oh. God. So, you know, fun, I guess, but not <laughs> the most logical baddie that no. we, or kind of science fiction that we have in the series. So, in that way, it's a kind of poor, um... I can't think of the word. Example. Poor example okay. of the show in general. The pilot. Yeah, the I first episode. 
We have much better baddies going on. We have much better plot lines, but... Why do you call them baddies? Because that's what they call them. <laughs> I think it's a British thing or a Doctor Who thing. They're always... If you watch Confidential or something, they call them baddies. Yeah. Instead of, like, villains this or bad guys. This is the first guys. time I'm hearing that word. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're just trying to, like, be super British. But we didn't mention we're drinking tea. Yes. Because we decided we need to be British while we record this. So we made tea, even though we're not sure if we like it. <laughs> and I couldn't find jammy Dodgers, but I did find a similar cookie. So The Canadian version. The kind of Canadian version has, like, cream and raspberry. So that's what we're doing. We're going to try and have a British treat every time we sit down and record. Yeah. Yeah. We have sandwiches with a crust cut off. <laughs> like a proper, like, high yeah. tea. Do your pinky out. <laughs> <laughs> really, the podcast is We're just so an excuse British. to eat a snack. <laughs> yes. We're just trying to try different British snacks. That was the reason for the podcast. <laughs> Alright, what else do we need to talk about? Um, how about just like general kind of first impressions of all the characters? I was going to say, I'm not saying it's a bad example of the show. But it really focuses on the characters this first episode. We really need to get to know Rose and the Doctor through Rose and Rose's family. Family. And that's what they're really setting up, that this is like a really character-based show. Which is different from the original Who, Yeah, I think is my understanding. Do you watch the old episodes, too? I haven't seen the old episodes. I know uh, a lot about the old episodes. I think Tish is in the same boat, especially... Yeah, I watched Doctor Who Confidential, which is kind of behind the scenes, and especially this first season, Confidential, is a lot about referring back Mm. to old episodes. So, like, by now I know all the previous Doctors and the actors and the kind of, like, previous baddies that they had on, and plus just kind of a general idea of The more you get involved in the world, and the more you read or, like, look at things, you... It creeps in. <laughs> it there creeps are in. the crazy it's, people who It is, are like, really, really, yeah, it is really involved still with the old, but my mm-hmm. understanding was the old one was a lot more, like, they had less big arcs, and they were a lot more individual shows. I think, no, I think in the beginning, because as I was uh, prepping for this podcast, going through, um, like, the list of episodes to organize our podcast, mm-hmm. um, going through the old series, I think it started out maybe with just, like, little adventures, but then they would actually do... Um, like sometimes six episodes or eight episodes, and that, that would just be one story. story. Okay. It wasn't so much seasons like we have now. Mm-hmm. Like we have thirteen but they'd have seasons. Little arcs. But they would have. They would just call it like a little like special or that story. Well, yeah, like they do have them as, and sometimes they list episodes. Yeah, it was as just like, list like one story. One story now has six episodes. episodes or okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was a different format. Just I think sci-fi on TV in general back then was more like that maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, this new series are really focusing on characters and having Rose have friends and stuff back home so we keep going home instead of just being completely out in his world. Yeah. We're trying to bring people into his world. Well, and IMDb talks about how ordinary Rose is, and I think that they they mm-hmm. use that in a way because she's really relatable. Yeah. You know, yeah. we all have jobs and the family and stuff. We and all run into mannequins <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> we all run into us. to all of us. Normal. But, like... You, they don't want to make her something that's that's too hard for the average person to relate yeah, exactly. to because mm-hmm. that's who they want to watch And it would be a show. completely different show if we had started with the Doctor. And yeah. He was had just regenerated. Like, he's in the TARDIS and he lands here and stuff's going on and then he meets Rose. That's 
a total that would be like a totally different show. Yeah, Everything's kind of based in the companion, and we never really fully know the doctor. We just know like what he tells. The us companion and... is always our entry point to mm-hmm. the show. We are the we are we the are the companion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so we kind of talked about first impressions of Rose and the doctor. What about um, Jackie? <laughs> The mom. The mom. <laughs> you had some strong opinions about the mom. Linda. So, like, I thought it was hilarious when she tried flirting with the doctor. <laughs> oh, she's like, I'm in my bedroom. <laughs> anything <laughs> could happen. No. Oh, God, Jackie. I was like, embarrassed for her. I know. <laughs> she's a character that's an, she's an embarrassing character. Yeah, especially knowing the doctor and, like, that is not going to no. work, Jackie. <laughs> and he's just kind of going along with, like, yeah, yeah, nope. <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> Like oh Jackie, you were. I don't think like Linda. You said you weren't a big fan of Jackie or Mickey. Yeah, because they're you know they're both needy. Yes, mm-hmm. and very clingy to Rose. And, and I like when Rose goes on her adventures, like not on Earth. Like I think those are more like entertaining to watch. And like every time she gets dragged back mm-hmm. to like her like time. Get those like meaty characters come up again. (laughs) You're dragging them down. (laughs) That's true. I think Mickey gets better though. He does. Well, like redeems himself when he gets invited to go on the TARDIS. At first, he's like, "No, I don't want to go." But then he eventually goes on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and later, and he's like the control person for them, sort of the tin dog. Mm -hmm. We got to that part. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. he's just like the sidekick sidekick. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get to like do a whole lot in the actual adventure, no. but I think he is. He his smart, character though. grows, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think when they come back in a few episodes, and he's she's been gone for a year, and he's like, "Oh, I've been reading up on you. I know all about Unit and blah blah." He's actually like really smart and actually like really helps him out. And yeah, he's, like, with, like uh, the computer stuff saves mm-hmm. their butt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think he's meant to be seen as like this super needy. We need to see him as someone she wouldn't mind leaving. You yes. know. He didn't, he said that to her, he's like, the only reason, or like, no, no, like, you didn't, he's like, he said she was gone for a full year, mm-hmm. but then in her time, it was only for, like, a couple of days, yeah. so it was like, you didn't even have time to miss me yet, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a weird balance when you have more time between yeah. the times you see but each I other. I think they wanted Mickey and Jackie to be people that you could understand her wanting to get away from and taking a break yeah, from, but also point. people that you know why she, she loves them and mm-hmm. that they're, mm-hmm. it's hard, it's hard for her to just, you know, she knows she has to give up her family yeah. in a lot of ways in order yeah. to be with them. You need to see her life as something she would want to escape from and go on adventures, but you also, like I said, it's all about character development. You need to get to know them so that you understand why she wants to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. back. Yes. yes, she loves the doctor and wants to be with him, but she also needs to you know, stay with her family somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's got to do her laundry somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure in all the rooms in the TARDIS, there's a yeah. laundry room in there somewhere. I want to go laundry. see his closet when he was like, oh, go back there and change. Yeah. You like, see it, do you see it when he... You first uh, see it when he... It's a... Uh, this Christmas the special. Undead, the Quiet Undead one. He mentions it. He mentions it, yeah. But the Christmas special when he's, like, changing... I don't know if I... Did you skip that one, maybe? I skipped that the first time. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't that. understand Christmas the episodes the first time. That's after Christmas? No, it's after. It's between that and... Z- zero? Episode zero? zero? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, just changed. He's, like, asleep the whole yeah, time yeah, in his yeah. pajamas. Yeah. The Sycorax, he loses his hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You did watch that. That's the Christmas one? Yeah, it was Christmas. Yeah. Because so. uh, weren't there the... 
Or was that later? Yeah, I remember him I falling into the Christmas tree. I remember tree. him changing into yeah, the Christmas tree. Yeah, the Christmas tree attacks them. <laughs> I remember him changing. Yeah, okay, oh, we're we'll rambling. get there. We're rambling. Um, what was my point? You. The, yeah, you see the uh, wardrobe in there when he picks his new outfit for his new face. Yeah. But, yeah, you do see the TARDIS inside eventually. Yeah. Lots Not of hallways. You never see the swimming pool or no. the library that he's always talking about. You see the cool things. Um, Probably like one of those myths that they have to make it seem better than it is. Remember our high school, they had the swimming pool myth? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-uh. Yeah, but it is the TARDIS, so it could, could literally yeah. have everything. Um, okay, speaking of the TARDIS, what, any first impressions about the TARDIS? The, well, the what first- we see? The control room. First thing, it was like it reminded me of like Mary Poppins bag, like mm-hmm. tiny little thing, and then you pull out like all these amazing things. Bigger yeah. on the inside. Yeah, so. and I thought I thought it was cute how it was like supposed to be from like the 1950s or 1850s. No, 1950s. 1950s, yeah. like the police you call for. Them. Yeah, I think he explains they that explain later. that later. Yeah, it's a thing called a chameleon circuit, right? Yeah, makes um, it. It used to, when it works. When it works, <laughs> it changes the TARDIS into something that matches its surroundings. Yeah. But it got it stuck got on this. stuck on the police But now off. it's just kind of like a... I like that, though, His too. thing. He just likes it, so he keeps it. Yeah. It yeah. Could, he could fix it, but he doesn't want to. He, like... The blue box is, like, throughout history. Yeah. It's a thing, so... And, I mean, it's so important, because it's the most iconic thing. The doctors change. The TARDIS is always the blue box. Mm-hmm. So... In a lot of ways, it's the most important thing to this year. It's the most consistent thing yeah. in the entire series. Um, so, Juliana and I, and I have seen future control rooms. So, yes. we have some, like, what do you think about the first one compared to the future ones? Um, I I know that they were going for organic. Yeah, because they look like coral leaf kind of things coming up those oh, beams that's they like doing? beamy <laughs> that's an inspiration uh, yeah I guess said. that's the inspiration it's not my favorite control room it looks rough yeah. right like it's looking rough but to be fair yeah. it's it's the like war. It's, yeah that's and true. it's like he's been driving it around for like 700 years mm-hmm. like you know what I mean so he's had many control rooms though yeah um desktops <laughs> but I find I find it interesting because it is it's rough and he could have it in any other way doctor. but he's yeah his his doctor's not very showy and very mm-hmm. he's just kind of like this is this how it is and this is my TARDIS and I love it for me <laughs> seeing this one it just seems so small compared to future ones because it's That's just a, it is a big room mm-hmm. but, it's but it's just one, one room in the future it has like multiple levels you can go down underneath the main control thing he has, like, bookshelves and stuff. it, it's, for sure. It's actually a really big, multi-layered, just the control room. And then we also see the rest of the TARDIS, but it yeah. just seems, compared to future TARDIS, like, when people come in and it's like, wow, the TARDIS is big on the inside. This one, I'm like, I'm not impressed. <laughs> but, I mean, I would be if I'd seen this for the first time. <laughs> I would I be in real life. Really cool. If I had been in, like, uh, 11's TARDIS, and then I walked into this TARDIS, I'd be like, why is it so small? It's just this little, like, hole. It's like the low-income TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gets bigger and flashier and <laughs> as he goes on to impress his companions. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to specifically mention? Well, I think, I mean, I think they get that we love Doctor Who at this point. Not our favorite episode. Yeah. Uh, it suffers from pilot syndrome. Because <laughs> they, they need to do so much character development, and there's mm-hmm. so much to learn, especially it's a complicated show. Yeah. Like, you have to, even something like, the TARDIS and the screwdriver and like the doctor and aliens. his companion and aliens. And so I feel like 
it suffers a lot because they have to explain all of that. Mm-hmm. But it, it gets, luckily, a lot better after this yeah. episode. Because so. you get to know everything. You know, future episodes, everything's established. And then it's just, like, fucking awesome adventures. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to, like, talk about every single thing. With that being said, they did good casting because I feel like um, Rose and the Doctor have pretty pretty good chemistry right off. Yeah, I love them. So. I love that... Um, just that she's like immediately like trusts him, wants to be with him and stuff, but like absolutely no like flirty any kind of thing like that. No, which she does with the next one. Yeah, cuter. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're really just equal partnership. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, she's still learning. Is way but... cuter than the second one. Really? Yes. <laughs> now we know your type. <laughs> <laughs> Most people really love Tennant the best. I, I think. love Tennant. Um, ten, ten, ten. It's so perfect. <laughs> okay, a couple things that we wanted to mention, like kind of foreshadowing things that yes. we're gonna notice in these episodes. Um, he does mention the war, not the time war, but he does say something about the war to the plastic and how he couldn't save anyone. A little hint to his a little past. hint to his painful past. Um, we don't really know how recent that was, though. No. So. Um, and he also, when he's talking to the Nestine, he mentions the Shadow Proclamation. He says something something about the rule according to the Shadow Proclamation, blah, blah, blah. It's just thrown in there. But that it's does come back. Yeah. Not until season, briefly, and throughout the seasons, but I think season, end of season four, they actually, like, go there, meet Very, them, or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like an organization or some... I think it's kind of like uh, Earth has, like, it's countries. It's the UN but then or whatever. They have, yeah, we have the UN that kind of oversees all of the countries. And mm-hmm. I think the Shadow Proclamation is like that for, like... Galaxies, galaxies and worlds yeah. they're kind of a peaceful thing that gets together and makes peace treaties and stuff like that yeah so yeah that was mentioned but the nesting is not supposed to be doing that to earth because no. we're protected That's by very them. nice <laughs> <laughs> well later it seems like the doctor's always having to tell everyone like this is this world is protected <laughs> yeah. i know no know one that. respects no one respects, respects, respects that but that's okay um okay so like i kind of mentioned we're watching doctor confidential as well um, yes. as we go along, or I am, Julian is, I don't know if you want to, but, um, so we get behind the Maybe. scenes stuff. <laughs> I think it's good to watch, especially this first season, because they talk so much about previous Who, and you get to know, like, like I said, that's how I know anything that I know about the classic Who, so mm. it's good to get a little bit of his history. Um, so some fun facts from Confidential, uh, the Doctor has fought the Autons, that's what they're called, uh, twice before. Which... You learn in Who, and that's cool, but you don't even know they're called Autons in the That pilot. was, like, the plastic episode. The mannequins. Yeah. yeah, I guess they don't even call them that in They're just episode. living plastics. Yeah, okay, I'm like, I was like, how would I even know that? Kind of recycled it. <laughs> so I guess yeah. they recycled the idea, but it's not as literal as when they bring back, like, the Daleks and the Cybermen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Russell T. Davies kind of recycled <laughs> an idea. Um but, you know, maybe I would like it more if I'd watched Who and seen the original Autons and been like, oh, you know. Oh, yeah, those scary guys are back. Or something, yeah. Instead of being like, why are Because even, like, when the Dalek <laughs> shows up, people who already know Doctor Who would be like, ooh, Daleks. I was just like, it's like a little box thing. Like, why are they so yeah. Um, And I have to mention, there's a little goof or incontinuity thing that Rose... I think it's a good scene, I'll say that. But Rose says, I'll have to tell his mom about Mickey being dead, and the yeah. doctor doesn't really care. But we learn later that Mickey is raised by his grandmother, 
So oh. we don't know about his parents. So it's a good scene where she says that so that we establish that, like, the doctors don't really care about individual about people. It. Like, that's a good scene. So they just threw that in, but it's, like, a little... Going back, it's like, um, we don't know anything about his mom. Yeah. She w- but it wouldn't make sense if she's like, I'll have to tell his grandmother, because we'd be like, what's so special about his grandmother? Because we don't know if she was yeah. raised him. It's like one of those things where they hadn't figured out far enough in the story to <laughs> yeah. have known that. Typical, yeah. again, pilot things. They yeah. just throw in stuff like that, and then Sometimes they, they have to people. change things once they say them in the pilot, because it's yeah. for story purposes. All right, that's like the end of our notes. Do we have any... Final things that we wanted. Final talk thoughts about. on Final pilot thoughts. episode. Um, I thought it was cute when Rose was like at the, like they were underneath the pharaoh at the pool of plastic. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor Who is like being held with the two mannequins, and then he's like, "No, Rose, go save yourself." I'm like, "Oh, probably." And she's like, "No, I'm going to be the broad and yeah. save the day." Yeah. And she like swings in and like, "Go, Rose." Except she's not. That's not really the brawn. She had, as the brains. She had the idea to do something. She yeah. referred to herself I as know. the brawn. It's another like inconsistency with the pilots. Almost like you're not the bronze. You're like the equal. Yeah. She doesn't like beat people up while the doctor thinks of things. No. Like they both use their. <laughs> but brain. I like that she is like she definitely depicted like as a strong female. She's not just gonna yeah. Be when, like oh save me when given the chance, you're like stepped up. Yeah. And I think that scene, I was like, he could have thrown that mannequin thing off of him. Like, even when she swings in, she doesn't really do anything. But I think he was, like, waiting for her to do something to, like, test. That was a test. Totally. Because he was just, like, he's been in stickier situations than that, let me say. Uh, So, I think (laughs) he was waiting for her to, like, step up and do something. If she had run away, then he would have been, like, taking care of it. I'm not going to invite her back. (laughs) I don't need her. I'll take care of this myself. But she stepped up and tried to do something. So, he was like, she's interested. She wants adventure. Mm-hmm. pick this little hot thing up mm-hmm. and of course we learn so much about the doctor's beliefs in that scene because he's like don't kill it yeah yeah give it a chance which is generally his rule unless mm-hmm. it comes to daleks yeah and Simon, I mean, some maybe, he knows but... just right away we need to extinguish <laughs> this but he's generally like that's fairly consistent through the yeah he's always like series. i don't want to kill you i just want to move you off this planet mm-hmm. yeah generally he says that a lot to a lot of aliens yeah which is you know that's cool and i mean she kind of accidentally spills the anti anti-plastic yeah. which i i mean come on good one good one that's really smart but i doctor convenient. who yeah and deus ex machina mm-hmm. go hand in hand because generally they paint themselves into a corner yeah but they have some magic piece of alien technology <laughs> or something that, that gets them out yeah <laughs> or a sonic screwdriver that's, I think, why they invented the sonic screwdriver. It's just to get him through doors, get him through things, get them done. explain this. Yeah, because it's saves paper, time. It just gets them through psychic things. Paper is cool. But the, I don't know. The sonic screwdriver, like, it's cool and I love it, mm. but I'm like, sonic doesn't make any sense. It's sound just waves. sound waves. <laughs> but it does fucking, it reads things, yeah. like, yeah, it scans it does, like, things. <laughs> does everything but wood. It doesn't do wood. doesn't do wood. <laughs> no. Um... Yeah, so final thoughts, bad representation of the series in general. Yeah. But we get to know all the characters. Good character development. I think it's a good start to all the characters, for sure. And uh, more adventures to come. Yay. Yay. Are we done? Yep. Yep. Cheerio. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Email. We have an email, because we want to hear from all of our listeners what you think about our crazy podcast and questions and comments and stuff you want to talk about. 
So our email is doctorscompanionspodcast at gmail.com. I know it's really long, but I could not get anything shorter, okay? I tried various combinations. Luckily, it's the title of the podcast. So doctorscompanionspodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, send us stuff. Um, I also live on the internet, so you can stalk me, tishchambers.com, or at tishchambers on social media. I don't think these guys live on the internet. No. <laughs> they don't want crazy stalkers stalking Do not contact no. me. <laughs> you just stalk me! <laughs> Yay! Well, I do other stuff. I have podcasts and videos in the blog, so you can find me. <laughs> Feel free to stalk Tish. <laughs> yeah. You have her permission. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're done. Good day. Good day. Have a good week. <laughs>